everyone, this is Arthi from Human Chapters. Um, I'll explain a little bit about the Human Chapters. Humans are living narratives with a past, present and future. These narratives constitute of a number of chapters across the lifespan. The aim of these conversations is to highlight a chapter of the narrative and unpack its connections to other chapters. I don't care whether people are true I'm natural storytellers, but I truly do believe each one of us has a worthy story to share. Here's an acknowledgement to country. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land which now comprises Greater Shepparton. We pay respect to their tribal elders, past and present and emerging. We celebrate their continuing culture and we acknowledge the memory of their ancestors. And today we are going to um, be speaking to Nathan, and Nathan's chapter is Silent Poet 6. So I'll pass on the floor to Nathan. Go for it, Nathan. Thanks, Adi. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm Nathan Karkic. Um, I'm a, an artist, uh, author, um, and a, a coach. So in my day job, um, I'm a mindset and leadership coach with Minds on Purpose, a business I co-founded um, a little over 12 months ago yeah. um, and uh, authored my first book, um, Words of Light to Awaken a Silent Soul, a poetry book last year. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and you know, had some of my art in um, as part of the, the Shepherd and Festival this year and, and now got an online online shop for, for art as well. So um, a very different, uh, a very different introduction to myself today than what it would have been um, 18 months ago. Wow. That sounds so amazing um, to sort of hear, yeah, about that sort of wholesome, well-roundedness. And uh, Nathan, tell us what, where did your journey begin? What was it like? And what led you to become an artist, author and coach? Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, just a couple of little things in there, Artie. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, you know, I, I grew up a dairy farmer and um, for me, ag science at uni and, and farming was certainly where I saw my future. Uh, when I was younger, I loved the land. I loved being outdoors. I love animals. So um, I, I just, that's where I, I thought I'd be. And uh, my brother came home onto the, the farm and it wasn't big enough for both of us. And I got off and did some agronomy um, so soil science and um, on-farm animal health uh, stuff and literally fell my way into um, banking yeah. um, and found myself in a 17-year banking career. And um, it, was, it was awesome. It's, um, it's where I really developed my love for people and my love for people development. And um, I'll sure you'll touch on it later, um, but I'll come back to that. But uh, there was a period of time where I lost that love um, for, for people and, and for me, um, I actually found it quite anxious uh, at the end of my corporate career. Um, and so the you know, 17 years, 17 years leading um, or 11 of those leading large teams yeah. and, and loved it. So working with business clients and, and teams and, and people's development. And um, my Silent Part 6 journey began, I guess, um, after a two year stint of health issues. In my in my banking career and so I had a, um, a seizure um, and, and I was in hospital for 10 days and 
I've tried, you know, lots and lots of tests to try and work out what happened and couldn't find it. And then I ended up having a squamous cell cancer taking off my lip. Um, and so I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm right now. I can run through this next brick wall. I'm ready to go again. And then I had a third of my liver taken out. Um, and it was still all okay. Um, I was getting up and I was going to run that brick wall again because that's what you do. And that's what I could always do was run through brick walls. Yeah. Um, and um, I went back to work and I thought, yep, I've got this. I'm going to run through this brick wall. And um, I had to tell the team that, that one of our teammates who I'd worked with for 13 years was off working definitely with cancer. Um, and that was a brick wall that I couldn't run through. Um, and I went to the car and, and cried when I um, thought I could run through that brick wall. I couldn't. And um, that was the start for me of really assessing or reassessing uh, mm. where I was um, in life and the things that I'm doing. And, um, you know, it's, it's been, a, been a journey yeah. since then. Um, I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about wellness. I've learned a lot about stress and anxiety mm. uh, back now of you know, where I was. And I think about things like my memory. Um, yeah. It was terrible. Um, but you just go, I'm busy at lots on. Um, there's you know, lots of other uh, signs there, particularly the physical signs, but lots of other signs there that things weren't quite right. But, um, you know, we're so, so used to running at brick walls. So, um, so that was the start of my Silent Poet 6 journey and um, gave me a chance to, to tap into some of my earlier passions around poetry and um, music. Um, and I discovered art. I, I wouldn't say that it was tapping back into art, but I discovered art in that process as well. Wow. What a, um, what a roller coaster. Mm. Like listening to you going through that journey. I do have a question. Did you have a specific breaking point or plural points? And what, what were they or what was it? And yeah, I think, um, uh, and, and I've thought a lot about this one in hindsight or in retrospect, Artie, because um, at the time, if, if I look back now, um, I've always been creative. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved to be creative. And so, therefore, in the teams that I led, we tried to do things differently and innovate and, um, you know, always tried to do things a little bit better, uh, not necessarily to always get better results, but um, to try and be better for the team. Um, and some of that was, um, you know, making it easier to do things. Some of it was performance-driven, et cetera. But um, when I look at that, I've always been creative and wanted to do more Um, and there's only so creative you can be in some settings Um, and so if I think look think back now and be really really honest with myself there was probably lots of breaking points where I wasn't truly being me um, and I I wasn't truly doing the things that I love Um, and you know I think you look at all of those little breaking points and how they start stress and anxiety and then um, you know, workloads, other things yeah. come on top and it all adds together. So, but the breaking point certainly was going to my car and, and crying, but that was just the last straw. If I look back at 
all of those other little breaking points of um, you know, not, not listening to my body, not yeah. really following the things I love, all little signs now in retrospect that, that I can say, why didn't I listen to myself? Yeah. And Nathan, when you say not listening to your body, um, when you're in the thick of things, it's difficult to acknowledge or identify it. But again, in hindsight or retrospect, what does not listening to your body actually look like? Yeah, I think that um, not listening, you know, people always say, listen to your gut. Mm. Um, and it's certainly it's something that I grew up with um, was, was people around me saying, just listen to your gut. Um, but in reality, how often do we actually listen yeah. to our gut? And in reality, if we were to listen to our gut, what generally do people say to us? Um, and it's generally logic driven. And so even when we listen to our gut, there's generally comments around us that override and say, why? But, you know, there's all of these other things. Um, and so, you know, when I say listen to yourself, I, I mean really, really listen to yourself not all of the other um, voices around um, and, and think deeper than just what's going on on the surface. I certainly know um, I had lots of <laughs> ailments, um, hurt in a lot of spot, spots um, and you know, did a lot of travelling and whatever else. Now, um, on the surface of it, they're just, they're just things. But when you start to go a little bit deeper and, and listen, um, what are they telling you? Where are you at? Um, so, um, and, you know, I've learned a little bit more about the, the energetic side of the world in my last little bit of a journey. And, and certainly some of our aches and pains can tell us a lot of things if we're prepared to listen. Yeah. And then sort of extending on my previous question, what does it look like to actually start to listen to yourself? No, sort of considering that there are so many demanding other competing factors that we're surrounded by what just for your like for you personally where did you start what did you start to do and how did yeah. that unfold for you so for me it was meditation um it was also i was also talking to a psychologist and a doctor yeah. as well um, which led to uh, more of meditation and um it led to some more art. It led to um, me doing my Reiki level one and Reiki level two to understand more about um, energy. Um, so the, f for me, um, it, it really was, um, you know, that starting point was meditation. Yeah. Just finding time in my day to slow down my very busy mind um, just for that little bit um, and that's what it was to start with. It was just that little bit. Um, and I've got better and better at meditation as I've, as I've gone on. Um, and I've got better and better at listening to what's going in my body as, as time's gone on. But that start of that journey was just that real little bit of um, get out of my head. And so, yeah, that's the start of the journey, Adi. Yeah, wow. Okay. Um, sorry, I, I just realised... <laughs> totally sidetracked us but please continue with yeah what was the transformation like um yeah the last 18 months anyway 
Yeah, so so for me it was um, uh, getting comfortable with with myself was the biggest part of the transformation. So um, I I've always loved poetry, um, but I had this uh, almost a, you can call it a block that it wasn't part of the corporate world, particularly finance. Um, now, you know, you can quite, and a lot of people would say, no, that's not real. Um, you can be that and you can be that and you can be that and you can. Um, but that's a journey to get to that. And for me, I wasn't at that point. Um, I was at the point of you could be one thing, but to the other things um, contradicted um, that thing. So um, I've really had a battle with myself around, I, I, I'm not an artist. Um, you have to be, you know, and, and I really struggled with calling myself an artist because my art wasn't, in, in my eyes, wasn't good enough to be an artist, even though some people liked it. Um, and I wasn't a poet. Um, so, and I, and I wasn't a banker anymore. That's sort of, that, that wasn't what I wanted to be. So um, my, my journey over the last 12 months is getting comfortable with, with me, um, getting comfortable with those things. Comfortable now to say, I'm an artist. Um, I am an author, you know, I, I write poetry and I, I love it. Um, I've still got all of the same skills that mm. I had with leading teams and, um, uh, and you know, and, and working with lots and lots of businesses. So it's about now not being one thing for me. It's about being comfortable to be all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. And when you were talking about the journey within getting comfortable with yourself, um obviously at the beginning just acknowledging what was going on for you and that real conflict can you take us through what that was like and how you sort of moved or gradually transitioned past it yeah it's um it's gradual yeah. um and it was very gradual and it still is gradual in, in some ways um the, the transition past that uh, for me, to start off with, it was just, just my health. So I was get myself to a point where, um, you know, I could get some of my memory back, where I could feel comfortable to, uh, to do things without a lot of stress and anxiety. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm now just starting to get to that point where um, I've got more and more of my old capacity back um, and that's that's one thing I, I think people really brush off to the side is the impact that 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 has on people um, and how, how debilitating it can be and I didn't realize it until I paused um, and it you know job wise I was, I was probably running at three thousand percent probably doing it at fifty percent um, and you know, that's that's the impact on it so um, you know, that, that journey of getting comfortable with, with me in the start, getting comfortable with handling uh, stress and anxiety in a different way, mm. um, that process was a lot of art. That process was a lot of meditation. That process was a lot of um, poetry. Yeah. Um, that process was exercise. Um, and so, yeah, interesting part for me is all of that was happening whilst lockdowns the first time around we're on and so some of it was challenging some of it was was also um you know good to have family at home around me 
during that period of, of time and kids at home. And um, my daughter actually introduced me to art. So she said, can you, can you lay down and, and do some art with me, Dad? And I said, oh, I was terrible at art at school. Oh, she said, oh, just have a go. Um, I had a go and she said, wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> and I actually found I enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, so that, that process was just, you know, day to day. And um, certainly now it's, it's more about getting, getting back into work, getting back into a rhythm of um, utilising all of those skills that I've gained over my journey to, to help others. Um, and one of the things I touched on earlier was my love of, of people. And I've always mentored lots of people outside of my team. So I've always had my team that I've loved to, to grow, but I've always mentored people um, outside of my team. So outside of the organisation that I work for and within the organisation that I work for, but outside of my team. And I've always got a lot of satisfaction out of that. And, and interestingly for me, that was one thing um, just before I, I finished my banking career, or, um, that had gone. And I actually found people a challenge. And, um, you know, when I, when I left banking, uh, one of the things that I, I said to myself is that um, I'll go and work with businesses, mm. but I'm done with people. Um, and that was just a reaction of I've got all of my own stuff to deal with. Um, and what I've learned now is that I actually took on everyone else's stuff as well. So as much as I told uh, others not to, and as much as I was a great coach in terms of telling them to really take care of themselves, um, I re realised the impact for me of actually taking that on board. Um, and so, um, you know, after, after a period of rest, basically, um, and then, you know, a period of finding what it is that I really love, that passion for people development, that passion for coaching resurfaced again. Um, and it's now resurfaced in a healthy way that I've learned a lot about boundaries and I've learned a lot about, um, uh, you know, not taking stuff on that, that when, um, when you're helping someone, that's up to them to do it. You can't actually do it for them and you can guide and but you've, you've actually got to leave it there. So, um, you know, that journey has made me a much better coach coming out this other side of it now as well. Mm. That's, that's quite fascinating to see, yes, that comfort unfolding, but in those little um, situations and experiences, which has led to almost creating buffers within your brain to enrich and even stretch that cognitive and emotional capacity. Yeah. Which is it has. fascinating. <laughs> and I wanted to ask, you mentioned memory a few times. Can you yeah. tell us the parallels you've sort of witnessed with your memory in the stressful environment and your memory now and a few insights along Yeah, I think um, we, we can quite often just... Um, make excuses for things. And, you know, um, for me, one, you know, for me, I had two, two things happen um, uh, very close to each other just before I, just before I started my next journey, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Um, and, and one was I hit a, um, there was a, a big steel 
part of a sign in the middle of the road that I ran into him with the, with the car that's fallen off the back of a, a truck. And when I, you know, as soon as I hit it, I thought to myself, I've got side room either side of that that I could have gone, but I just wasn't with it. So I was literally, you know, I was there, but I wasn't really there as such. Um, And the other is I I, um, was going through a 60 kilometer uh, zone. Mm. Uh, I was doing 60. I was actually doing less than 60, yeah. um, but there were um, road signs up, which I hadn't, hadn't seen. Mm. Uh, and so my brain was on autopilot and, and I was going through and I'm at 60 and then uh, I had a, a police car following me through. Oh. Um, and he pulled me over and he said, but, you know, what's going on? And I said, well, I'm not really sure why you pulled me over. Um, and so, you know, f- for me, you those little incidents can just be brushed off and say, oh, I'm just, I'm busy. I've got lots on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's amazing how preoccupied your brain gets and how you miss things. Um, yeah. And if I look back at my memory, I was getting to a point, I've always had a great memory. Um, and I was getting to a point where I was forgetting things that I'd normally, I'd normally remember. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting now, um, uh, you know, sitting in between lockdowns <laughs> when we could have people around. I had my um, brother-in-law around and we had a, he was, you know, we're talking about a few different things and I was rattling off stuff from years ago. Um, and he said, how do you, how do you remember all that stuff? He said, you've never spoken about this before. Um, and I said, no, not really sure. Um, but, you know, it's amazing how, you know, things now under, in a different environment, I am starting to remember a lot of stuff that, that, you know, I, I, used to be able to do really, really well and recall really well. And in that period of time where I couldn't and now it's starting to, to come back like that too. So, um, you know, it's certainly stress and anxiety has a, a big impact on the cognitive, our yeah. cognitive abilities. Um, and I've experienced, certainly experienced that firsthand. But uh, I certainly wouldn't have told you at the time <laughs> because I didn't know any different. Um, I was just busy um, yeah. and I just felt busy and under pressure and lots on um but you know now with a bit of bit of support and a bit of help and a bit of time i can look back and go no that wasn't just busy yeah absolutely and nathan as you have become more comfortable getting to know you um and sort of even yeah uh, you know re not a redefinition but your you're getting to know your identities and all of that. How has the impact been on other parts of your life, your family, your friends, your, um, what has that journey been like? Again, looking at parallels to where you were to what you are doing now. Yeah, I think the, the journey has been, um, you know, I, I'm now and it's in a great spot. So I'm a much better dad. Now, um, uh, I've got time for the kids. I didn't have time. I've, I've always loved the kids. Um, but, you know, I, I never really had time for them. Um, and now I've got time for them. I, you know, I make it a priority now regardless. Um, and, you know, I'm a much better husband. I'm um, a much better human um, than where I was before. The, um, but, you know, if I look certainly at the start, there was a lot of, 
um, nervousness mm. from those around me. Um, you know, my yeah, my kids. Um, you know, the initial wow, what do you? You know, you had a great job, and you now you haven't got that great job. What? You know, what are you thinking? <laughs> Type scenario. And what are you doing? Um, and you know, how do you how do you tell a a fourteen year old and a twelve year old and a an eight year old that um, no, mentally I'm much better off <laughs> without that high stretch job, and we, we, we will be fine. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the time they don't see that. Um, what they see is you know a dad that went off to work every day and got paid well, um, and although he wasn't around, they knew and had some comfort on the other side that they could do the things that they wanted to do, particularly my 14-year-old son who understood things a lot more, yeah. um, you know, understood that he had comfort with the income that was coming in, understood that he had a lifestyle that he liked. Um, and so for him, it was very challenging. Um, um, the other thing that was really challenging is it's, you know, we get caught up in labels. Mm-hmm. And so it's very easy to say, um, that I was a banker. And so uh, that's easy for others to identify with as well. Mm -hmm. So it was very easy for my kids to say, dad's a banker. Um, To go through and say, well, what are you now? Um, Well, I'm a lot of things (laughs) now. Um, But, and and so, you know, it is, that that process has been challenging because I haven't had to just take myself on that journey. I've had to take those around me on that journey and I've felt nothing but support from them um, and from my friends as well, nothing but support yeah. from, uh, from family and friends. But it's been a journey because um, as they go on, they wonder what you're doing, I wonder what I'm doing. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's ultimately, you know, where I sit today is in a much, yeah. much better place and I'm so glad that, that I've had the learnings that I've had. Um, yeah. But, you know, I look at my friends now and I challenge them in completely different ways because of the journey that I've been on. Um, so, and, and they challenge me in, in very different ways as well. But, yeah, it's good. That's so, that's fascinating. Um, and I have a question which I better write down before I do forget because I will ask you sort of um towards the end um, of our conversation but so now we're at a point where you've you're comfortable with yourself you're comfortable with identifying yourself as an artist an author um, a coach how take us through the journey of your business um, how yeah what happened there yeah, so um, part of my business journey has certainly been a big part of, um, uh, you know, a big part of my um, my health journey too, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. So my business journey, um, I had some great people around me that that supported me early days with trying to, to get me into some things and, and helping me. Um, helping me think through what what it is that I'd wanted to do, you know, uh, post banking, and so that was great. Um, and one of those um, is now my my business partner. Um, and I'd actually spoken at um, 
Lead Modern Home, which is a, a local leadership program. Yeah. Um, I'd spoken at their conference yeah. uh, a couple of years in a row and as keynote speaker and the chair of that board um, I'd had a bit to do with over that period of time. And um, we happened to touch base post me, post me leaving and um, found that we are both in a, a bit of a, a similar position in terms of not loving what, what we did 100%. She, you know, she was obviously in a, a very different part of her journey to, to me at that period of time. But, um, you know, she was, she was operating a business on her own. Um, and so it's a lonely environment, um, but absolutely great at what, what she did. And um, she helped me through a lot of things. And we found that um, we had some real underlying core values that were the same mm. um, and uh, some real passions that were the same in terms of how we wanted to help people or how we wanted to shape the world. Um, and for us, it was about... Um, you know, authentically helping people navigate their careers. Mm-hmm. And it was about um, people really understanding their own wellness needs. Um, and it was about having purpose and it was about having choice. And over time, we really started to find that those things kept coming to the surface for us. And um, we, we got to a point where we said, let's, you know, let's have a go at doing some things together. Mm. Um, and then the more we talked about that, we got to a point where we said, no, let's go into business together. We're passionate about that. And, um, I'm so fortunate that um, you know, my business partner's uh, you know, NLP mastery trained. She's been a counsellor. She's um, done theta healing and she's a, a spiral practitioner. And so for me, a lot of the things that I needed at that period of time, she had and yeah. she'd done it she coached to um and so she was you know an on-hand coach that helped me through a lot of that whilst we were building um the thought process around the business so um the other thing that was i guess our next stage in in that was um the spiral so actually it's an eight-week process of understanding all of your anchors to emotions and um, most of those are in that zero to seven period of childhood so it helps identify those and then helps um you emotionally uh and and energetically clear those and so i did that eight-week process with with anita and that's been a big part of my journey and that's got me started on a a journey of actually doing uh later this year i'll I'll do my own training to, to be a practitioner in that but um that's been the the formation of the business is around some common goals and then uh, utilising, um, you know, both we both have corporate backgrounds, but we both have a real love for for people and um, and wellness. So that's that's how the business was formed. That's interesting. Um, do you mind telling us a bit about a little bit more about the spirals and the seven periods of childhood? Is that what you? Uh, no, it's a, most of most of our attachments oh. are formed in that in those you know infant years at zero to seven um and so uh you know spiral spiral is um i guess a relatively new modality mm-hmm. it's eight might be eight years old i'm not exactly sure there but it is a, a mix of um you know uh, things like chinese medicine and 
in okay. kinesiology and, and others. Um, and you know, I think that uh, you know we can be skeptical. And you know, it wasn't that many years ago that I was pretty skeptical around different things myself. But um, you know, to to go through that process and just see how many of those attachments were you know, bang on mm. that I could go back and go, I remember that. I remember a time. I remember that. I know where that would have been. I know how that would have happened. And then to see those patterns then continue to play out through life yeah. and go, ah, yes, I do that. And I know where that come from. Um, so yeah, that for me, that was a big part of Spiral to um, not only the energetic side of clearing it, but the, that mental side of going, I see that pattern. I know what I do and I know how I do that. And I know that I can do something about it. Yeah. And so, and with those anchors and patterns, is it um, geared towards, I suppose, not so much the negative, but the pattern you don't want, as opposed to, are there, is there anything um, to do with positive anchors or positive patterns that you do? Well, I, I think, I think all the patterns that we form are both. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, now, a lot of it's got to do with how we're viewing our world at the time, yeah. uh, whether our values, our beliefs, our patterns, our anchors, whatever it is, all of those things guide us um, and they can guide us positively and they can guide us in a challenging way, yeah. um, depending on our own state and then how we're viewing the world. And I think that um, anything that helps you identify what are your key drivers, so what are your values, what are your beliefs, or what are your patterns, if you can identify them, then you can actually do something about understanding whether or not they are uh, working positively for you yeah. or whether they are challenging you. Um, and then that gives you the ability to do something about it. Um, and so I think, you know, one of my big learns over this period of time is I've done a lot of coaching and a lot of it was around um, you know, what are the things that you want to do, not the, not the things that you feel you should do? Yeah. And one of the things I'd always say to people is, uh, what's what's your next best move, not what's the next logical move? Um, particularly in corporates, um, there's a career path and that's the next logical move. And I'd always say, what's your next best move, not next logical move? And uh, one of the things that I look at now is uh, our ability, ability to, to really understand what it is that drives us yeah. Um, really helps us understand what is that next best move, um, not just the next move. And that's a great segue question into, you've done the eight-week course to, was it to actually find out about those values and beliefs and um, driving triggers? For someone that isn't going through that eight-week process, how else do you do that how else do you get to know your drive and um or try to explore your values and beliefs yeah so um there's it's it's interesting we use we use a, a um we do values pendulum coaching now which is um an online online survey that um gets you to question uh, gives you problem statements around your values and beliefs. And so it's very, very accurate at drilling down to the things that are driving you. So for us, we, we use it in our business and coaching because 
we believe it's sort of similar to having four or five coaching sessions where you'd normally try and drill down mm. um, around what drives people and where they're at. And, um, but that will normally take sort of four or five sessions, whereas we get that now in, um, you know, someone spending 20 minutes doing that survey and we get that before we, we coach them. So, um, you know, it's amazing what technology does now for us, but we use that. But, you know, um, having, having that's one thing. Yeah. Identifying with it or understanding it is another. And so um, the, that next part of, um, you know, one of the things we do to start people off if, if they're not in that coaching mode yet is we'll get them to paint a picture um, that represents them. So if we were take take away the labels of work and family, because most of us can identify really, really quickly with work or family. Yeah. Uh, but and and it's and it's great. Yeah, our values evolve and we evolve in the family. We evolve. Uh, but if you take away the labels of work and family, who are you? What drives you? Um, and so quite often we'll get people to as a starting point. Just draw a picture or paint a picture that represents you outside of those things. Then um, it gets people in that mode of actually searching. Yeah. Well, what are the things that I love? Um, what are the things that I enjoy? What are the um, and it is crazy that things like that that drive us, that can light up our heart, that can make us smile, we rarely spend time thinking about, mm. and they challenge us when you're asked to do it. That's sad. That's really, really sad that those things can, can challenge us, those things that sit at our core that, that make us who we are that we can't identify with those. So that's, um, that's generally what we'll do to help start the process, Artie, with getting yeah. people to think about what drives them. Sure. I'm actually going to try that activity. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds, yeah, that sounds really, um, really interesting. And, you know, I'm, so I'm a speech pathologist by profession and I'm thinking about if it was an activity I was doing with someone that had language difficulties um, and someone that wasn't necessarily able to identify with this concept because it, it can be quite abstract. How do you sort of make it a little bit more concrete for um yeah to yeah, for that population and to make it more inclusive that's mm. what I, yeah sort of going around in my head <laughs> well i think a lot of um uh you know there's a lot there's a lot of things in play therapy mm. and there's a lot of things now with um uh you know where we're actually using our um senses all of our senses in the things that we do that that really bring out a different side of us um, rather than just using our head. Um, and there's, there's certainly a lot in that. And um, I certainly subscribe now to, to the fact that we need to look at, you know, particularly when it comes to wellness, we need to look at all of those things. We need to look at, um, you know, what's driving us, you know, in terms of positive or negative mm -hmm. uh, or, or giving us energy or taking us energy are taking our energy when it comes to you know um, uh, our our mindset when it comes to um, uh, you know the energetic side or the spiritual side 
um, of it there for our physical body exercise wise. Um, you know, it's not just the mental mm-hmm. mental side, which um, and m- most people would go straight to mental and, and or straight to physical first when they think of wellness, mm-hmm. and then they may go to mental first, but uh, mm-hmm. mental second. But uh, you know, you got spiritual and you got your energetic body and the emotional side as well. What are all of those things that um, either give us energy or deplete our energy in those things. And um, a lot of that can have a, a really big impact on us. Yeah. Positive and negative. That's right. And um, this might put you on the spot, Nathan, and I do apologise in advance, but <laughs> wellness to you in one sentence, what does it, could you, could you tell us what it means to you personally in one yeah, sentence? Yeah, I, I can. Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> on the spot. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so wellness, wellness to me is really understanding what are those things that give you energy or take your energy. Because if we're depleted all the time, yeah. then we get all of those other physical ailments that come from that. Yeah. If we can fill our cup, from a wellness perspective, and if we understand what are those things that actually fill our cup, it's not about getting rid of all the other things because there are times we need people in our life that are direct with us. Yeah. But we probably don't need them um, every second of the day being direct with us when we need someone that gives us energy as well. Um, And that may may be that that person that's direct with you gives you energy. And, and that's the beauty of wellness and that's the beauty of uniqueness is um, what works for someone doesn't work for the other. And so there's no one fit. Um, and so for me, that wellness side really is understanding what it is for you. Uh, and you will be unique in that way compared to everyone else. And what does it look like when something gives you energy? What does it feel like or look like or taste like? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it looks like this. Yeah. Uh, this, this, this conversation is giving me energy. It yeah. looks like this. It, it, yeah, it's, it's up. It's, it's exciting. It's, you're pumped. You're ready to go um, as opposed to the uh. Mm. And we need those messages sometimes too. But if, if that's all we've got in every aspect of our life, is that then you know where where are we getting this from? Where's that where's that smile coming from? Where's that energy coming from that drives you, that motivates you to get out of bed, that goes, what's next? Um, and so that to me, that's what that looks like. Awesome. And what does purpose and passion mean to you? Yeah, um, purpose. Purpose is a big one um, that I've I've done a fair bit on um, over the, this last twelve months mm. for me, um, and you know you get to a you get to a, a point where you've had a fair bit of physical um, or mental illness, and you uh, you start to question, um, mm. well, how long have I got here, and what am I doing with it, and what is you know what is your purpose, and um, the majority of people that have been in any of those situations that I've ever spoken to, also they get to the point where they go, yeah, I start to question what am I here for or 
or what's it all about? Um, for me, you know, purpose, purpose for me is um, uh, having, having choice, being able to be all of those things, not being locked into, not locked into one. Um, and I absolutely love people development. And so for me, you know, if I had to say there's one purpose that I was here for, I know that I can hold space for people. Yeah. Um, people have always, my whole life, people have always overshared with me because they felt comfortable because I hold space for them to do that. Um, and so I know that that's what I can, can give Um and I know that it works um, from a coaching aspect to be able to hold that space for people yeah. to be able to do that and to be able to grow. Um, so, you know, for me, purpose-wise, I, I know that I'm following that when it comes to my coaching. I know that I'm following that when it comes to my art because my art's quite expressive and yeah. there's some, you know, some messages. Every, every one of my art pieces has an eye in it. Um, and the message there is it represents that we all see the world through different eyes. And so I've put an eye in every, somewhere in every piece is an eye. And hopefully, you know, when people look at the art, that reminds them that, you know, they've got one view um, and that's their view of that painting, but everyone else is going to have a different view. Um, and, and with my poetry as well, because the, the poetry, um, you know, is a, is a way to get people thinking about emotions. It's why I think about yeah. Uh, emotions and make sense yeah. of emotions and, and that all comes back to growth and to to helping myself and others so you know I think now I am at a point where I've got some alignment in my values and alignment in in that purpose yeah oh that is so cool it might have given me a few goosebumps I love <laughs> that concept of having an eye because it is everybody has a different view of the world, different experiences, and that's what makes them them. Mm. Yes, it is. Um, my next question is people development. It's a broad phrase, but tell us what it is. Yeah, so um, my, my version of people development now is very different to what it used to be. Um, so I think I was quite good at being structured um, when I, you know, when I started out as a people leader, um, having a clear purpose that the team developed and that the team bought into that was, um, uh, you know, had overarching principles that we lived by as a team in terms of uh, that guided us, that sat outside of um, our, our performance measures. Yeah. Uh, they were the overarching of how we did business as a team and how we looked at each other, how we respected, how we wanted to, to be. Um, and the people development that come off the back of that is how I used to um, develop people. It was about the if they understand the job at hand outside of their performance measures, about yeah. how they want to go about it as a team, about the things that they want to achieve in community or with customers or those bigger things, if they have that as a guiding principle, they will grow. Yeah. Uh, and the results, you know, come with it. Or they don't have those things or aren't energised by those things and the results don't go. But if they're not energised by it, then it's the conversations around, well, what are you energised by? And yeah. you can help them get into something else. 
Yeah. Um, and so you know, I had lots of turnover in some of my teams, um, but not one of them on a formal performance improvement plan. Yeah. It was all through conversations around what are those things that, that you loved or that you went through. Um, for me, though, the, the part I think that I was missing was um, uh, that I look at very differently now in, in that is um, the balance thing. So I used to think that I had balance, um, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, and I used to think that I coached others around me with balance, but, yeah. but I didn't. Um, and I used to think that I, um, and, and I probably did in some way, but you know, not, not as a sole focus or not as a big enough focus when I look back now. But I look at, um, I used to think that I was getting people to really understand what drove them. Yeah. Um, but in a lot of ways, it wasn't. <laughs> it was what drove them in that role. Okay. Not what yeah. really drove them. Um, and if I look at people development now, I look at it in terms of understanding self. Yeah. So if you can lead self, if you can truly understand how you see the world, yeah. in context of how others are and you can be curious enough and have enough empathy with yourself not to belt yourself up around how you're currently seeing it but to then work through and say right well where this is how it is where do I want to get to if you can do that then if you take those skills and you apply them to others yeah. and you're curious with them and you show them empathy and you help them understand how they're currently seeing their world and you help them understand how others currently experience their world, yeah. then they've got a choice of doing something about it. So for me, leadership is really about that self. It's about being authentic. Mm. It's about um, really, really understanding yourself first to then be able to lead others and so my my view around that very much it is very different yeah now what it was before yeah wow thank you that's um yeah really interesting to think about in terms of getting to know yourself individually or independently but then there is always or a lot of the times that tie to others and um, that's really what makes those connections. Yeah. Get to know yourself. Yeah. Get to know yourself. Yeah. I, um, I had a recent recent client, Artie, that um, my business partner and I have both been working with and lovely, lovely, lovely person yeah. um, who was um, absolute, absolute family-driven um, really respectful yeah um but was coming across extremely arrogant yeah. in all of their interactions and didn't see it um and it was really interesting when we went through the the value side of it it was so not aligned to the core values yeah but there were some things there that they held really really dear and close that they just wouldn't budge on um, and that ability not to step out and go, how is this coming across to others? Yeah. Uh, made them really, really arrogant. 
or made them seem really, really arrogant. Um, and so, you know, as soon as they were able to go, wow, okay, yeah. that, that my lack of, um, you know, willingness to just slow back or ease back on that yeah. um, is coming across like this. And, you know, that's really changed you know, their, their understanding of their view of the world now yeah. um, and how others are seeing that has really changed how, how they're going. And that's the challenge with we can be driven by all the right reasons yeah. and we can be relentless for all, all the right things, yeah. um, but the message isn't clear to others um, because we're not understanding how that message is coming across. Correct. And something that you were saying that made me think of the um, concept theory of mind when children go through cognitive development to try to um, understand that there are other people and empathizing or understanding that other people also have feelings and they view the world differently. But this is almost like... Um, theory of mind at an adult level yeah um, yeah <laughs> it, it is in a it is in a sense and I, I look at um uh and, you know, a lot of the, the leadership stuff that i've done in the past puts people in sort of four categories yeah. so you know you're analytical etc cetera, etc cetera. and then um if you understand how people are then you know you naturally get along with your other analytical thinkers or if you're big picture etc etc but um this takes, takes it, I guess, a, a different approach to that where, yes, and there's some commonality in that, but there's also, if, if you've had experiences where you, uh, your personal power has been shot mm. for whatever reason, but, um, then you will relate yeah. to someone that is in that same state that aren't in their power at all, but they're really, you know, really, really retracted. And that doesn't matter what personality type they are. Correct. But you'll relate to them because of where you're at. Or if you're really, really stepped into your power yeah. um, and you, we can step into our power in a positive way or we can step into our power in a, um, in a way that's quite harmful and negative. Yeah. Um, but you will relate to others that are in that as well. Um, and so this takes that view on of it's not just the four quadrant boxes, mm -hmm. it's all of those other things that play with um, or at play mm. that are driving you values and beliefs wise um, to do certain things yeah. that have impacts on how you act and how, and how others perceive you. Absolutely. That sort of every action has a reaction. It does. Whichever. And then the ripple effect or impact or wherever that's getting to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting you mentioned the word ripple. One thing I don't think we've ever, ever spoken about, um, I'm not sure whether you've seen our website, um, but um, initially when uh, my business partner and I, Anita and I were uh, talking about business, mm. one of the things that kept coming up for us is ripples. Yeah. Um, and we'd you know, always bring it back to we want to create ripples. Yeah. Um, and we've actually got that now in, um, uh, be the ripple, create the wave is sort of a little slogan that we we go by. Um, and people probably have no idea what it means if they see our website, but but be the ripple, create the wave is that be that positive change yeah. because it does create ripples. 
and those ripples can create waves. Um, so understand yourself. Spend the time to understand yourself so that you can have that change in yourself. Spend time with others. Yeah. Be that be that change. Um, that's a little bit corny, but um, it, it does, and each person can create that ripple. Yeah, and it really does resonate at this moment in time that you know if one person is going to take the load the burden's going to become too heavy too quickly whereas when it's shared it's yeah much more manageable but also others are involved in that in that creation of change absolutely impact yeah um nate is there is there anything I haven't? Oh, actually, sorry. Yes, there is something I haven't asked you. Um, I had the questions uh, marked. A while ago, you mentioned that, or you posed the question, what do you tell your children when they sort of have witnessed the change or, you know, you were going to work one day and then you stopped the next? What did you tell them? I was just curious. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I got that right to start with, and yeah. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I ever got it right. Yeah. Um, the, um, you know, the thing that I was honest with them about is that that you know I, I got to a point where, um, you know, health wise, yeah, it was not working for me, um, and I needed to change that. Yeah. Um, and so you know that part of uh, and they could see that themselves mm. you know, with, um, with the physical signs of where I was at. Um, and so, you know, for me, it was just reinforcing that, um, you know, this change, although you may not see it yet, this change is a positive. Yeah. And this change is for all the right reasons. Um, and, um, you yeah, know, and that's a... That's, you know, you're almost telling yourself that mm. as you're telling them that as well. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, that, that was all I could, that was all I could do. There's no, there's no, this is magic or yeah. um, this is, you know, all rainbows. It, it wasn't. It's, um, and, you know, if I look now, you know, my relationship with them is, is different and it's deeper. It's yeah. way deeper than it's ever been. I've always had the surface cuddles and yeah. and hugs and read to them or sing to them, love to sing to them. Um, and they sing, but it's it's much deeper now. That's beautiful. And has is there any question I haven't asked you or something you've wanted to say that I haven't even touched upon in any way? Um, we've touched, we've, we've touched on on um, all of it and more, I think, Artie, through it. I think there was um, there was one question you asked you asked me at the, um, before all this was around. You know, what does uh, a utopian world look like? Yes. For me? Um, and you know, the the mind boggles when you start thinking about questions like that, and it goes to you know all of the cliche things. Um, yeah. And so I've tried to stay away from. From all the cliche things, but um, for, for me, in a in a simple in a simple sense, is 
the utopian world would put people first. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't feel we've got that today mm-hmm. in the world that we're sitting right at the moment. And so for me, that utopian world is, you know, if we were genuinely looking at people's wellness, yeah. we're genuinely looking at people's quality of life, if we're genuine, genuinely designing um, this world from scratch mm-hmm. in regards to all of its systems, so its financial systems, it's, it's everything, um, what would it look like yeah. um, if you put people first? And I think that it would look very different to what it does today. So yeah. that would be my utopian world. Beautiful. And um, the final question, three to five key takeaways for anyone in the world listening to this. Yeah. Um, Takeaway one, listen to your body. Um, Because it will tell you things that your mind won't. Um, Our mind's really, really great at, at protecting us. Um, but it sometimes protects us at our own peril too because it just allows us to fight on. Um, so listen to your body. Um, and, you know, if, uh, if you've got aches and pains all over and things aren't quite right, then, you know, take the time to understand why they're not quite right. And if, if you know in your heart that there's something missing, things are okay, I don't need to change, everything's okay, I'm fine, there's lots of people in the world worse off than me, if in your heart you know that there's something missing, yeah. explore it. Um, on that point, I'd say you know, my next next point is um, be curious. Um, and so I said it before in regards to be be curious and um, you know approach approach things with more curiosity and more empathy. And I think that's true for the people around you. Yeah. Um, you know approach those people around you with more curiosity and more empathy, but approach yourself with more curiosity and empathy mm-hmm. as well. Um, I think the other, other one is um, get clear on your own values, beliefs and goals. So, and when I say get clear on them, spend some time actually getting to know them, yeah. um, getting to know who you are amongst them where you sit at the moment amongst them and where you want to get to. Because quite often our goals are very, very surface-driven and our values and beliefs that we think drive us don't actually drive us. Um, and so um, I'd say spend time spend time doing that. Um, the only other one I'd say is um, in that, in that uh, be honest with yourself realm, um, be honest with yourself on all levels. So if you if you need help, get help. Yeah. Don't be too proud to say that you need help. Um, and there's a lot of um, and the world the world is certainly changing. And I look at what uh, you know what my kids are learning. And so my kids do um, you know they they learn about meditation and they yeah. uh, they've got different things in the in the classroom. And my wife's a school teacher and she does. She does um, mindfulness with kids every day. And so, you know, the world is changing, but certainly um, through some of my chapters of life and this chapter now I'm learning more about all of those things, but um, 
through my earlier chapters of life, we weren't taught about any of those things. Um, and so, you know, don't beat yourself up. It just it doesn't come naturally. Um, so, so get help. Understand what it is to get out of your mind and, um, you know, do uh, meditation. Um, start to, to understand a few of those things. But, yeah, my, my, my message here is get out of your own way. Don't be afraid to, to ask for help. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Thank you so much, um, Nathan, for spending this time generously sharing about your chapter and we will put a link to your website um, in the notes and um, so people can find you and we'll put the Instagram handles and any other social handles <laughs> um, for people, yeah, to see what you're doing and if they would like to connect. But everyone else, um, Thanks in advance for watching this chapter or listening to it on podcast. Um, please feel free to share it with anyone that might connect. Um, it is, yeah, the aim to connect people and never know where that goes. <laughs> the ripple. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your time, Adi. No, that's all good. <laughs>